Today's episode is brought to you by Campbell's. Campbell's knows you have a lot to balance at your senior living operation. Our soups are crafted with ingredients you'd be proud to serve, and we have options for diets like reduced sodium, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. Find your balance at campbellsfoodservice.com. Sponsored by Campbell's Food Service. Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu trends for both brands. Today I'm joined by Eric Goldberg, Corporate Executive Chef for Cura Hospitality. In his position, Eric oversees 200 operations in the U.S., including a large network of senior living facilities. Cura's senior dining programs have a strong focus on regionality, wellness, and contemporary culinary trends, with the newest additions being a vegetarian menu and a selection of scratch-made pizzas. All the while, his goal is to make the healthier option the easier option for residents. Listen as Eric shares his ideas for a successful senior dining program and talks about some of the silver linings that emerged from adaptations he made in the last year. Welcome, Eric. So glad you could join me today. Hi, Pat. Thank you for inviting me to join you on your podcast, and uh, nice to meet you. Same here. So let's start by telling me a little bit about Cura and how many facilities you oversee. Cura Hospitality has approximately 200 accounts nationwide. We specialize in dining services for acute care um, or hospitals. Um, also senior living, uh, independent living communities, as well as skilled nursing and long-term care. And we also have a uh, small uh, number of uh, correction facilities that we support as well. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about your culinary background and how you came into the senior living segment. Uh, My background uh, goes back almost 30 years in the culinary arts. Uh, I was introduced to the culinary field as a young man, trying to pay my way through college, fell in love um, with culinary, left my undergrad program and committed to culinary as my career. Um, I worked in uh, senior living, I'm sorry, I worked in retail throughout most of my career in restaurants. Some of them were sole proprietorships, others were corporate restaurants. And uh, over the years, I started thinking about my long-term future and looked at opportunities for growth within the industry, not just related to my own personal growth, but how the hospitality industry was growing um, by segment and identified that senior living and acute care were uh, segments of the senior living of the hospitality industry that were Um, growing aggressively and also uh, saw that there was an opportunity for me to have an influence on the culinary values of that segment of the industry Um, and seeing what I would refer to as a revolution in senior living, acute care, and long-term care, as well as correctional that has been consumer-driven, the demand for fresh ingredients from scratch cooking, more regionally based, less additives, less preservatives, more health conscious, and also the ability to um, provide dining options for uh, individuals who have special dietary needs. 
that part was very attractive to me on a lot of levels, both personally and professionally. And as I began my transition into the senior living segment, I was able to join a company that was uh, very committed to that from scratch uh, approach to the culinary side of dining services, as well as that strong um, regional and local influence, trying to source ingredients locally, establish chain partnerships with local vendors, aside from the what we refer to as our broadline vendors, the companies that supply us with a lot of our bulk grocery items. So it was a great opportunity for me to get into the industry and still be loyal to my values and then to be able to take my talents and influence culinary within the, the uh, senior living segment. So it sounds like a really rewarding place to be right now. It's been wonderful, and, and I spoke a lot about the, the culinary side, but I also really enjoy the relationship part of it. Uh, being in senior living communities, you establish a more personal relationship with your guests, and, and they become more like family, and they become friends, which is different from what you find in your typical restaurant setting. You might have your regulars, but you tend to have a more transient audience, and it's nice when you come to a senior living facility and you become a part of their family. And they take a great interest in the employees, which is wonderful. It becomes a very much a, a family-like relationship. So what differentiates Cura's dining operations and senior living from some of the others? You know, And you could talk a little bit about the setup of the menu goals, et cetera. We try to engineer menus that put a strong emphasis on traditional values and regionality while incorporating contemporary preparations in an attempt to introduce new preparations to our residents and our guests. Uh, there's also a, a strong investment in a more nutritionally based dining program. Uh, for example, our Be Well program is a program that's developed by Elior North America, our parent company, that is shared with all the segments within Elior, including Hira Hospitality, which tries to make the healthier option the easier option by presenting menu items that are more nutritionally based and offer a wider variety of um, items that can help those who might have special dietary needs or just those that are looking for a healthier dining option. I think it's one of our great programs that we promote uh, very strongly. Uh, down to our local operators. So do you see more residents gravitating towards healthier options these days? Yes, yes. This is another consumer-driven type of um, program. It's, it's also a value within our own company. We have uh, our dietitians who develop menus and chefs like myself who not only promote this as a program for our um, operators, but it's also something that we feel connected to personally. So what are some of the innovative dining meal ideas that you came up with in the last few months? I mean, over the last 10 months, I guess, is really more than a few that we've been going through this. Yeah. Pandemic. But have you had to transition into a different kind of food service and a different kind of service style? Yes, we have. Um, like all other restaurants uh, that have been impacted by COVID and, and uh, especially in our industry where we are catering to a vulnerable population, we had to make some adjustments to our dining program. We created a 
um, Safe Cafe program, which established new um, best practices um, to respond to COVID and adjust our services to be safer, not only for our guests and our residents, but also for our team members, because uh, I feel that we are a member of that frontline community um, during the pandemic. And we want to provide a safe dining experience for our team members and a, uh, for our guests and a safe dining experience for our team members. Um, some other examples are adjusting to having closed dining rooms. So we have increased our number of takeout options available to our residents. And we've also tried to infuse a high level of presentation without our, within our takeout program. We don't wanna just put food in a box and close the lid. We want to still provide what is almost like an, an in-dining restaurant experience through a delivered item. So a heavy influence on garnishing, um, trying to prepare the food so the integrity does not get compromised while it's in transport. Sometimes we put our sauces on the side in a separate container. Uh, we try and separate some of the ingredients so they don't co-mingle and you end up uh, going from an entree to a stew <laughs> by accident. Um, some of our, our communities have done some really neat things to then kind of communicate with the residents from a distance. They'll write notes on the takeout containers that are, um, very personalized. Uh, as I mentioned, we develop those kinds of relationships within the community. So we've, we've got some very innovative um, operators out there in the field who will write notes to the residents and they will um, communicate them with directly on a personal level, which has been wonderful. Uh, some other programs are alfresco dining or outdoor dining. We've put a heavy influence on the outdoor dining, uh, of course, with social distancing uh, kept in mind um, that are led by chefs and food service directors. They're typically themed meals, not always barbecues, but just fun dining experiences outdoors, which I think has been a great, um, a great experience, not only for our residents and guests in respect to the dining side of it, but also a monotony breaker from the limited social life that they've had and their limited opportunities to be able to get out in the world. So it's nice on a, on a beautiful evening or afternoon to be outdoors with your friends and neighbors, enjoying a wonderful dining experience and be outside of, you know, your four walls and, and uh, savor, you know, a great atmosphere on a beautiful day. Hmm. So now that a vaccination program is underway, um, are you reopening any of the dining rooms yet or is that still on hold? That is on a case by case basis and it is determined by the actual community. So we follow the lead of the client. Um, so in some states, you know, it's been 25, 50% in other states and, and municipalities, it's 0%. Mm. Um, it really just depends on the level of infection locally and, and what they're tracking um, in respect to, you know, the uh, potential spread and, and uh, risk factors. Right. So do you think something like more outdoor dining events will carry over into this spring and summer because they were so popular? I mean, it sounds like you've been doing, you were doing more than your usual numbers. So maybe you'll keep doing Yes, I do. 
I think it's built up a lot of momentum. And in some cases, you know, a lot of our residents and guests were a little uncomfortable going outdoors on, on a humid or, or warm evening or even a little bit of a cooler uh, day or evening. And I think they've adjusted and they've changed, you know, uh, their perception of, of their level of discomfort uh, so they can have that experience. So I, I firmly believe this will continue um, well after COVID has, has uh, passed and, and we'll continue to provide a great experience and make adjustments, whether we bring out heat lamps to keep them warm or fans to keep them cool. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that cooking from scratch is a priority, but are there any time-saving or value-added products that you find worth it um, to use in some of your kitchens? Sure, I'll, I'll give you one example. We uh, have a fresh-made potato chip program, and uh, those potato chips come in pre-sliced from one of our manufacturers, and then our team members cook them um, in the kitchens and season them. And it's a great product. It's consistent. It's a kettle chip type of product, and uh, we don't really have to compromise our fresh food pledge because these are just sliced potatoes that come in a bag and, and they're individually frozen. So our team members can then just take them out and cook them and there's no additives. And it's a great product and, and we get a lot of great compliments and they're versatile because you can make potato chip nachos, for example, or you can add a dip to them or you can just garnish a sandwich with them. So that's a great product that we really enjoy. Sounds yummy. They're delicious. <laughs> so how, um, you mentioned a little bit about this, but how have your chefs been engaging with residents to help them combat loneliness? Uh, that's a great question. We've had some really creative chefs out in the field. Um, one of, uh, a, a few stories that come to mind are one of our uh, food service directors in the Virginia area, who was originally from New England, um, has uh, a, a passion and love for lobster bakes and drove his vehicle, his personal vehicle, to Maine and back in 24 hours to pick up live lobsters from his favorite lobster uh, fishermen to bring back to the community to do a lobster bake event that was done in their dining room with social distancing, multiple seatings. And it was a great event that they had been doing in the past and they did not want to compromise and lose that event under the circumstances, again, to try and continue to have some normalcy. Mm -hmm. And the response was overwhelming. Um, the, the, the residents were thrilled to be able to keep the tradition going. And uh, it was a great event, well received. And our dining service director went above and beyond uh, to, to bring that event to them and keep that tradition going. That sounds awesome. So were they allowed to bring in any like guests or is it, was it just limited to whoever was in the It was just limited to, to the residents. And that seems to be consistent with, with uh, you know, the COVID uh, restrictions nationwide, really. Right. So, you know, we've heard a lot about how comfort foods have trended during the pandemic, not just among senior living residents or senior living facilities, but in restaurants and in colleges. So have you seen requests for comfort foods going up? I know that um, you probably have done a number of them already, but um, yes. are there any new types of comfort foods that you tried out or how? Sure. We, we've been um, offering um, sliders, even though it, it you know, it, it seems like it's, it's uh, maybe been around for a while. It's, it's kind of 
evolved and and sliders to me are still a type of comfort food it's just a smaller version of a hamburger right but we've added our own twist to it and we will do uh turkey burgers or we'll do your traditional beef sliders or we'll incorporate maybe um some other flavor profiles to the protein maybe it's chimichurri salmon on a small bun so taking comfort food and then elevating it to the next level and keeping it contemporary just like one of our guests would have in a dining experience at a gastro pub. Cool. So uh, you talked a little bit about some of, you know, chimichurri is obviously a Latin flavor. Are there any other like global flavors that you're bringing into the menu? Like I know that Chinese, Italian, and Mexican are the big three, but are there any that are more niche cuisines that you're bringing in? Well, we, we talked about, um, our ability to deliver alternative dining options to those with special dietary needs. And as you may, I'm sure you're aware, quinoa has become a very popular item. It is low on the glycemic index. It is friendly to those who um, may be uh, diabetic. And it's also from Peru. And it's gained a lot of traction uh, with the public at large. And we have taken uh, advantage of that and we've introduced it into a number of our menu items. For example, um, for stuffed peppers, uh, replacing the rice with quinoa or as an additive to salads to replace croutons. Uh, those are some great examples of how we use quinoa. We've also incorporated into a vegetarian chili, black bean chili with quinoa. There's also a strong protein presence in quinoa, so it serves as a dual purpose. And that's a great way to introduce a um, item that is, you know, unique to Peru, but is getting popular in the, uh, within the dining segment. And then it opens the door to maybe introducing other flavors of Peru because we've established that there are some great flavors that are hidden within South America. And we've given our guests a sampling of that and they feel comfortable with our choices and how we're delivering them. Are you finding guests more receptive to these newer flavors than they were in the past? Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot more willingness to sample and, and we do a lot of live cooking demonstrations for our guests um, that typically include new ingredients or new preparations. That's a great way to introduce somebody to something they're not familiar with. And we have some team members um, and, and unit operators who are really big proponents and, and are love to get in front of a microphone and do a cooking demonstration live in front of their guests and, and residents, socially distance, of course. And then uh, we will try and pass out samples that are, uh, again, appropriately prepared for COVID so we don't have any risk factors. Um, and it's it's been really well received. We get incredible turnouts for these events and it's a lot of fun and it gives our team members an opportunity to get outside of the kitchen, to have that direct interaction with uh, our residents and our guests, answer questions, especially when it comes to a new item that they're not familiar with, give them some background. And we typically provide not only food samples, but also re corresponding recipes in, in the event that somebody wants to try and prepare this at their own Neat. home. Well, now that winter is here, I mean, but you're in Pennsylvania, so it's not exactly warm now. Um, are you doing any like comfort foods that are more like stews or pot pies or, you know, items? Yes. Yes. Our, our menus are uh, typically seasonally based. Mm -hmm. So as we see a change in seasons, we adjust our menus. Most of our communities 
run a minimum of two menus a year, a fall, winter, and a spring, summer. So right now being in the throes of fall, you'll see a lot of stews, um, pot pies, meatloaf, mashed potatoes, gravy, um, you know, some of those really nice comfort foods that we all grew up with that warm you up inside on a cold winter's day. Right. And how about on the dessert side? Are residents really fond of desserts? And, and how do you balance that with, you know, some of your healthy goals? I think most of our residents would rather eat dessert for dinner than dinner. <laughs> we find that they love ice cream. We go through a lot of ice cream and that's always a fan favorite. And we try to offer a variety for every, uh, that, that everybody can enjoy, not just in respect to flavors, but we look for the no sugar added ice creams or gluten-free ice creams. So then it's an inclusive menu for all. And, uh, it, it gives a lot of options to our residents. Um, we also do a lot of traditional cakes and pies. And I think the residents uh, and guests that dine in our uh, establishments are pretty good at self-managing. So if they're watching their calories for one reason or another, they'll either ask for a smaller portion or they may only eat half of their portion. Um, and if we get requests for no sugar added or alternative dessert options to accommodate somebody's personal um, diet preferences, we'll do our best to accommodate them and, and we'll source an item that, that they feel is, is a good mix for what they're looking for. And, and that way they can enjoy dessert. Great. So as we move into 2021, I mean, we're just in January now, but we have the year ahead of us. So can you talk a little bit about how you'll be evolving dining and service styles at all? Hopefully people will be back in the dining room shortly. And are you doing anything to change up the layout or change up the menus or anything along those lines? That's a great question. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, some of the new practices that we've installed are the social distancing. So, you know, only uh, limiting capacity to 25 or 50% based on uh, whatever the community's preferences and then seating accordingly. We've added extra um, seating hours. So, you know, typically we may have only had two seatings. Well, now we might have three or four. So that way we can accommodate everybody who's interested in dining. Um, we also have incorporated a higher level of sanitation practices. I'd like to think that our sanitation practices were very good altogether, but we are taking uh, you know, an extra step to um, clean tables with maybe a higher sanitizing solution uh, based products. So we can really ensure that we can clean germs. And it's not just the tables, we're cleaning the chairs, we're cleaning the banquettes, we're you know, uh, trying to be more detail oriented in respect to those best practices. Our team members are also uh, trained and retrained on how to protect themselves and their residents by the proper use of gloves, hand washing, of course, wearing a mask, um, a higher emphasis on, you know, uh, a clean uniform and a clean appearance. So we can, uh, you know, eliminate the spread by means other than somebody, uh, somebody wearing a mask. Hmm. Are you changing up the layout at, at, in any way? I mean, do you have stations in any of your dining rooms where, you know, you, they were sort of like, not self-serve, but they could go up and have a chef serve them? Yes. 
support the course, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I think a great answer to that question is, is uh, the salad bar. So salad bars are a very popular item. And unfortunately, we've had to eliminate the self-serve salad bar. But the way we've adjusted that is to, made, uh, to, to incorporate a made-to-order salad bar. Mm -hmm. So in the past, where guests would serve themselves, now we have a team member um, standing in front of the salad bar or behind the salad bar, I should say, making salads to order with plexiglass barriers to ensure safety. And uh, we also do that with um, other service standards. So if we had a, a brunch on uh, Sundays and it was all, you know, specialty stations like your omelets made to order carving stations, we've been able to continue doing that where applicable and continue to offer that dining experience, but again, it is a uh, team member has taken over where it may have been uh, self-serve. And uh, the Sunday brunch is one good example, but we incorporate that into other events. We could uh, do a Latina themed event where we could be making guacamole and tacos to order or slicing uh, you know, roast pig. And uh, we can still provide that dining experience to our residents and have them have that, that, that fun feel of uh, you know, interactive stations. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned some of the silver linings that emerged from the adaptations you made during the pandemic, but can you talk about some others and those that you intend to keep? Uh, I think going back to our conversation about the salad bar, I think we, it'll be a long time before we see that come back. So I think these live action stations are gonna be a part of regular service. And while they already existed, I think there's a, a greater influence on uh, continuing with that for the safety of the public at large. Um, I think we've really improved our takeout program and it's become uh, a lot more creative and uh, a, a lot better presentation. Um, some other things are, are just, uh, we've, we've seen some really cool programs put in place by our units. For example, delivering meals to residents who might be uh, celebrating our 50th anniversary and bringing that meal to them rather than them coming into the dining room and mm. surprising them with a pop-up dinner that the chef made of their favorite items delivered by the chef or a team member and making that really personalized experience a part of their day-to-day -day, um, you know, their, their day -day living. Mm. Uh, we've also seen some challenges in healthcare uh, where, you know, they're, they're experiencing weight loss. And a lot of that is, is you know, kind of uh, related to the lack of social interaction or the lack of activity. So we're delivering, uh, in some cases, smoothies to the residents, or we're bringing baked goods to them and knocking on their doors just kind of as a break in the middle of the day. And our team members uh, bring those directly to them. Uh, we've had ice cream carts that have gone around and delivered ice cream to the residents. So those little things have really gone a long way. And I think that'll continue because it's been so well received. Our, our team members really love that interaction. And I think that's a sustainable practice that, that we will continue uh, long into the future. Did you do a lot of catering before um, the pandemic hit? And do you think that will come back? I mean, even if it was just like a family party or you know, a special celebration where they invited in outside guests? Yes, catering was a robust part of our dining program. And, and we've certainly seen a reduction in uh, catering since the pandemic started. Uh, we have done, a, we, we still do some, but they're, you know, individually packaged and, and typically delivered. And then, uh, you know, we, we can't incorporate those 
um, platters or, you know, even being able to cook in someone's home if they want a chef to prepare the meal for them and their friends. But I do believe it will come back because that is one of those big social dynamics that has unfortunately been put on, on pause temporarily. And I know we, we, we hear directly from residents, from administrators, how much they miss that mm-hmm. and how much that's a part of um, their community, especially as we just came out of the holidays. You know, it was a very tough time for all of us. And we're all used to going to the holiday parties or having our big family Christmas dinners or holiday dinners and having to restrict that, you know, I think was an adjustment that we all made, but we would love to see the ability to go back to having, um, you know, a large group together, celebrate together. So what are you personally most looking forward to in 2021, whether from a culinary standpoint or just uh, something that you haven't been able to do for the past 10 months and are looking forward to doing? From a culinary standpoint, we're on the, we're preparing to roll out two new programs. One is a vegetarian and vegan based program, which I'm very excited about. Uh, The whole program is built on vegetarian and veganism. Um, All three of your meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, your entrees, your side dishes, your salads, everything, 100% vegetarian and vegan. I'm very excited about that not only because of the influence on on vegetarianism, but also it'll have a stronger influence on local um, because we'll be sourcing, trying to source as much from our local farmers as we can to then really influence that regional uh, side of the dining experience and also supporting um, our local community. We have a new pizza program that's gonna roll out soon and I think everybody loves pizza and that will include gluten-free crusts. Uh, Some of those will be made with gluten-free flour and other gluten-free ingredients or cauliflower crust, as well as your standard pizza. And that's going to be really fun to um, add a new pizza program that's got expanded expanded offerings. And I think that speaks to everyone. So I'm excited about those. Uh, For myself, I think I'm excited for uh, spring and summer to come so we can get back to the alfresco dining and also just for my own personal enjoyment to get outdoors again and and an activity that we can all do safely. I think that'll be a big win for those of us who have to deal with the climate changes and can't go out on a nice sunny day uh, when the temperatures are uncomfortable. Thanks for sharing all those ideas and insights, Eric. You can listen to this episode of Menu Feed and past podcasts on Spotify. Please join us next time as we explore more menu trends. Today's episode is brought to you by Campbell's. Campbell's knows you have a lot to balance at your senior living operation. Our soups are crafted with ingredients you'd be proud to serve. And we have options for diets like reduced sodium, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. Find your balance at campbellsfoodservice.com. Sponsored by Campbell's Food Service.